This is Julie Altimus with thomasandjules.life. Check out my friends Brent, Joseph, and Brandon. Their podcast, Breaking Business Barriers. Welcome to Breaking Business Barriers, where we believe that choosing to go all in is the only way to create true freedom in your business and life. Now join your hosts, Brent Duhane, Dr. Joseph K., and Brandon Straza, as they talk to industry leaders, veteran CEOs, and cutting-edge entrepreneurs about the tough decisions they made on their way to success. This is Breaking Business Barriers. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Business Barriers. I'm your host, Brandon Strauss of The Real Naked Agent, along with... Dr. Joseph K. And we are missing our good partner, Brent Duhane. He is on assignment today, but we have the fortune of having Julie Altimus, a longtime friend of ours. And we're going to get to learn about her journey, where she's at, and then a fork in the road. I tell you, it spans... The story itself spans well over 20 years. I don't know if we'll have the time today. But Julie, um, welcome and tell the, the viewers where they can find you on social media um, if they want to connect with you. Where's the best place? So, you know, uh, my, what do you want to call it, age group genre, we like Facebook. So Facebook is probably my best go-to. I do have an Instagram account that's Jewels, mm -hmm. like a jewel. Jewels8686 would be my handle there. But Facebook I would think is probably the best. All right. So if you want to find Julie, look her up on Facebook. That's Julie Altimus, A-L-T-E-M-U-S. Correct. Awesome. And your career spans from TV, being on a two-time Emmy Award winning station, to um, kind of the real estate world uh, with, uh, with home warranty, and then what you and your husband's real passion and what you guys are working towards are not only uh, currently writing two books, uh, you're also uh, graduates of John C. Maxwell's school and uh, motivational speaking and helping people find their true why in life. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so this journey has been, to, to the John Maxwell thing, has been a long time coming. You know, when I did broadcast for so many years, for 20 years, there, there comes a, a time in your life when circumstances just change and a lot of changes happen for the station. And so that meant a lot of us had to go in different directions and I didn't want to pick up and start over and go, you know, to a small mid-sized market, take my family and my teenagers who were rooted mm -hmm. and start all over at a small time station. I just didn't feel like that was a good fit anymore. So for the viewership out there that is not used to television, Give us kind of the behind the scenes. What really happens? Is it is it slimy? Is it like you know the way that they work? Like what what's the real meat and potatoes that we don't get to see behind the glitz and glamour? Politics, you know, a lot of politics. Yeah, I and, would imagine. Yeah, and I just that's just not who I am anymore. It's not something that I want to necessarily involve myself with. Politics, red tape, all those things, mm -hmm. um, and hard news. And I have to say. Hard news is hard for me because I can hear a story and that story sticks with me all day and all night and sometimes weeks later. You hear stories of extreme depravity and, um, you know, heartbreak and then, of course, scandal and all those kind of things. And I just didn't want to be a part of that anymore and I wanted to move on and do something different. Was Is there any story before we move on to where you're at and what you're doing right now that really sticks out to you that someone out there might find interesting? 
Interesting. Wow. Um, no, I wouldn't say interesting. Would not be the right word. Sad. Okay. Maybe would be another. Yeah. And those are the stories I think that stick with you. The stories that penetrate your heart that you mm -hmm. hear, you know, happen. And, um, and it was about a child and I won't even go into detail, but even today when I see movies yeah. and they have something, something happens to the child in the movie and I don't even know sure. it's coming cause I, I'm, I, I didn't educate myself ahead of time to even know what the movie was about. Oh, I heard this was a good movie. Let's turn this on, you know? And then it winds up being a terrible story about a child. Then I wind up just crying through the whole entire movie. Not to say that it's not a good movie, but, uh, in, in some respects, but anyway, it's the stories that I think in the past for me have have broken my heart yeah. those are the stories that have stuck with me the most yeah I would imagine yeah. so so you're exiting out of the news uh, world at the time and the world's wide open mm -hmm. and what was going through your head as you decided your next step what in the world am I gonna <laughs> do because I love television and I've been you know I graduated from SMU but before I even graduated from SMU I was doing broadcast television already I already had that gig before I left college. Wow. Okay. And so this was my love. This was something that I felt deeply passionate about. And so what in the world was I going to do with myself? Well, in the interim, I had a friend that had a very successful career and she started with the yellow pages of all things. Now she's like a marketing director for MIT oh, in okay. college. And wow. so she's really worked her way up without even having a college degree for decades now. And she was talking to me about digital advertising and marketing. She said, Hey, I think that might be a good fit for you. Maybe you should try that sometime. So I started with the yellow pages and that was completely accidental. Sure. I, I didn't even, I wasn't necessarily applying for that position, but this YP uh, <laughs> notification came up on my feed in LinkedIn. We're all familiar YP with Young Professionals or? It was just YP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. It stood for Yellow Pages, but I didn't catch that at the moment. Well, they went through a rebranding. They when, did. When they went from uh, the book you used to get dropped off in your driveway That's to true. a digital platform. Yes. They went from Yellow Pages to YP. That's true. And they were still doing print, but they, were, they had this whole other sector now they were doing, digital marketing and advertising through the space of Google and Pandora and direct mail and mobile display ads. Those are the pop-up ads you get on your phone and in your computer that maybe irritate you. But they stalk you so they know that, hey, this is a family. We're going to show them toilet paper uh, uh, ads or we're going to show them Coca-Cola ads or Tide or something like that. So I did that for about two and a half years. But somewhere along that journey, I was perusing around on my Facebook page and must have liked something. Sure. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. That they started suggesting ads for me or suggesting things that I might be interested in. And that's the first time I got the pop-up for John C. Maxwell. And it was titled, Become a Public Speaker. Okay. And I thought, now that's something I think I would really like to do. It just resonated with me right off the, right off the bat. So, you know, of course, when, once you get into John C. Maxwell and you're a public speaker, you can go down that path, you can go down a coaching path, but encompassing both of those, you can be a trainer of that mm -hmm. material as well, and you're certified to teach anything that John Maxwell has. Okay. And so I thought public speaking is going to be the thing that I want to do. So at the time, uh, I was married and brought it up to my husband. Hey, this is something that I think I might be interested in, but I sat on it for a couple of years until I had just a humongous contract that came through with my digital advertising job and that paved the way. That was able to pave the way for me to be able to go and afford to be able to be certified oh, okay. for the two of us. 
Wow. Now, I, I got to ask you, I want to rewind for a second. As we know how much Google and Facebook and all these different social media platforms know about us, do you find it a little creepy that you search for one thing and then all of a sudden it just keeps coming back and coming <laughs> back and coming back? How, how, where do you stand in that? Because that's pretty controversial in today's digital media marketing world. To me, I'm very careful mm -hmm. about what I like and what I look at online. So to me, it doesn't make it uncomfortable. I actually learned from you, I believe, uh, that you, there are certain places you can go in mm -hmm. Facebook and you can see what right. you've liked or or are they tracking you or following you correctly? Mm -hmm. You could probably say that better than I can. And it said that I liked things that I really wasn't interested in, but it was because my husband had been perusing around on the internet and it picked up that. And so all of a sudden it thinks I like cars and I don't, he's right. the one that likes yeah. the cars, but I'm very careful about what I put a like on. And it, of course, if it's anything that's leadership related mm -hmm. or maybe even some kind of conference that they're advertising on Facebook, somebody that's coming into town, I purposely put a like on that because I want to see more we of see that more come of up in my feed. We had talked a little bit about this before, uh, the, the three of us about leadership and you had said at the time that there's different types of leadership and there are different ways in which leadership can evidence itself. Uh, and I really thought that was interesting. What, what, what is leadership to you? Leadership is influence. Okay. Because if you cannot, you can't lead anybody that you can't influence. If you think you're a leader, but you look back and nobody's following you, then you're not influencing anybody. Right. And then the influence comes down to the ability to be able to connect with people. You can't influence people unless you can connect with people. I get you. Like, I guess I'd been thinking, like, leadership, uh, like, could leadership be coercive and pers or persuasive? Mm -hmm. Or is leadership, like, inherently good? Do you know what I mean? Like, is leadership something that has, like, a value assigned to it? It can be, but there's also, you know, instances in our history where leadership have has been misused, sure. Sure. you know, or misused. And we've seen that in people, you know, in our country that have been leaders that have done devastating things in, diff in different countries. So certainly, and you know what, there was obviously influence there to have an entire country or half a country, at least behind that particular leader. Right. So it can be used for good or bad. But when I'm talking about leadership, I'm talking about the different places that you could have leadership. You might have it in the corporate world where you've got coaches particularly speaking into you know, sales departments or human relation human relations departments or you've got leadership where you can just coach um, people one-on-one -on -one with relationships you can teach people how to be better communicators better connectors leadership in relationships too, marriages family and so forth for this there's there's different types of leadership and then you know for, for us for me and my husband and for me in particular finding something that we feel passionate about and for us, it's been about relationships, and that comes mm -hmm. from our story. You want to dive a little bit into that story just so we can kind of hear? Because obviously, your husband's not here with us today, but a lot of your story where your fork in the road happened all revolved either while you're, you and your husband were together or you were maybe searching for each other. So kind of dive into that story just a little bit if you wouldn't mind. Mm -hmm. You know, for many of us, I can't speak for certainly everybody that's going to be listening to this today, but for many of us, we want to find that someone in our lives. Mm -hmm. you know, we want to get married someday and find that someone. Maybe some of us even want to have a family. And for me, that was a definite. I definitely wanted to get married. It took me a while to say that I wanted children, but eventually, you know, that came around. 
But, um, you know, Thomas and I met when I was in college. He's a little bit older than I am. He was out of college. And at that time, I saw myself going down one road and saw him going down a different road and decided at that time, this is not a good fit for me. This is not a good fit for us, regardless of how much I love this person. Mm -hmm. It's not a good fit. And I made that decision. And in hindsight, it was the best decision because I could have made a mistake or he could have made a mistake. Uh, in you know, us pursuing that relationship and getting married at a time when we were not mature enough or ready enough right. to be able to take point. on that responsibility. And so we dated for a very short time. It was a fast and furious relationship, <laughs> three months long, and uh, but I broke it off. And when I broke it off, I truly broke his heart. I mean, he said, he said to me many times that was the day that the music stopped playing <laughs> and he truly didn't turn the radio on or listen to any music for uh, over a decade. He was devastated, but he would have been devastated and me too if we would have continued down that path not being ready. How many years later did you guys come back together? 22 years later. So 22 years wow. later. I mean, it's a, it's a Hollywood storybook ending. Or it is. Begin, you know, they're still in their beginnings per se, but like to, to, have, to span that time and then make, make your way back to each other is, is truly impressive, amazing, sincere. and Well, and the way you, you've reconnected is kind of interesting too especially given the, the context of our discussion so far mm-hmm. um how, how did you guys reconnect so the interesting thing is when we actually after we broke up he gave me a gift when i was graduating college and it was a bible and i thought okay it had my name on it and a cute little uh dove that was imprinted on the front of this <laughs> cheap pleather pink bible you know that probably cost 10 bucks but it didn't matter it was the point you know it was the point it was it was a nice gift and he wrote you know inside of it and dated it and i said you know what thank you for this this is something that i'd like to do it's on my bucket list i'd like to read it someday you know it's the staple of the united states and why we were founded in the first place and i said i don't know any stories in here really i mean i was raised in a church on a pew but couldn't tell you a thing about the christian faith and so i said thank you this is a really nice gift i put it in the drawer (laughs) <laughs> so every, I don't know, ever so often that I open the top drawer of my nightstand for the next eight years, I would see it. Well, it, ironically, it happened to be the week of 9-11. Didn't know that was happening yet, but I had just reached out to a lady and said, hey, I'd like for you to come over and meet with me for six months, every week for six months. Talk to me about this stuff. You know, educate me because I have a lot of questions. And then not even two or three days later is when 9-11 hit. Mm. And so... Uh, that was transforming. Uh, it's one of those moments in history that causes you to really reflect on your life or maybe even a circumstance that happens in your life and you think, I'm not where I need to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And I have to change some things. And boy, did I ever change. I, com- I became a completely different woman. Uh, it would have been very difficult without the looking at me on the exterior to know that I was even the same woman. Uh, a lot of changes took place, and I took my faith very seriously and poured into the lives of other people, children and women and women's groups, um, ladies' conferences and so forth, and so it was a real eye-opener. So moving forward years later, uh, obviously he had gotten married and, and just like five years after we broke up, and I had gotten married to someone else, and we lived completely two different lives, <laughs> not even knowing that we were in the same city, as a matter of fact. And uh, our marriages were over, but we didn't know that about one another. Right. 
So I needed to have that Bible rebound because it was falling apart. The glue was falling off of the edges and the maps were falling out and books were falling out. And I thought I tried using a brand new one and it just wasn't the same. It just wasn't my old book with all the highlighted <laughs> notes and everything in it. So I just thought, whatever happened to him? Whatever happened to Thomas? And so I just flippantly did a Google, uh, a uh, not a Google, but a Facebook search. Mm -hmm. sure. And sure enough, he's got a profile on there. And I'm like, wow, is that him? That's a here's, it's like been two decades now. Is that what he looks like? That's not what I remember. Time <laughs> had been kind? Or... Yeah, yeah okay. time had been kind, but sure. still, 20 years later, sometimes we don't often look the same. But uh, I mean, I could see him in there, you know? Right, right. But uh, so anyway, his Facebook profile said, I'm not here to be friends with you. Don't invite me to be friends, but I'm here if anybody truly wants to find me you know, then, then here I am. Yeah. And so he had his phone number right there on the front of his Facebook page. And I said, I sent him a message, a text actually. And I just said, found you. <laughs> That's all I said, but he knew who it was. And so he called me shortly after and said, Oh my gosh, whatever happened to you? What right. city are you living in? What's going on in your life? And we had a very short conversation and we had several short conversations <clears throat> over the next two years, <clears throat> never having seen each other. So one day I thought, you know what? It's time. Let's just go have a coffee. Let's let's see how how we've been, you know, over the years, and, and just kind of reconnect. But but not for the purposes of getting together. Just you know, connect after right. you've been talking right. to somebody for two years. And so uh, we went. Well, I wouldn't even say we went on a date. We met each other out and okay. about. And then no no handshakes, no hugs, no nothing, no see you next time. It was great seeing oh, you. Okay. Hope you have a good life. Talk to you sometime. Okay. And we departed. Well, I get a text a couple of days later. Hey, how about we meet again, you know, the next Friday? And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we meet out again. Same thing. No hug, no handshake, no see you oh. next time. <laughs> and we depart. Sure. So, of course, another text message comes. And so this is like the third time now. Hey, how about, you know, we meet out? And so we did. And it was on that third time that he eventually said, I have never stopped loving you. Mm -hmm. Wow. And in fact, yeah, I've been praying for you, over you, and over your life, and for you to come back into my life for 20 years. And to be honest, this journalism major here, okay, who's really <laughs> good with words and writing, and I, I was speechless. I said nothing. I, I, I was, well, I, I didn't expect it. Right. And it certainly wasn't something that I was looking to mm -hmm, get into. Mm -hmm. You know, this was just a, a friend to me that I hadn't seen in 22 years. So... I just had to digest that for a little bit. And he was going out of town the next day. So after several days had passed, I knew that his son was gonna pick him up at the airport. And I had done a lot of reflecting and thinking. And I thought, you know, why not? Why not just try it? Yeah. Why not just see where this goes? Okay, I'm open to the idea. And I surprised him, picked him up at the airport. Although I got stopped by security. This is kind <laughs> of a funny story. I got stopped by security because recently I had become CHL certified so that I could carry a handgun oh, okay, in my purse sure. okay, uh, to protect myself because right. I was a single lady, you know, and, and wanted to protect myself. So, but I forgot about mm. the bullet that I picked up off of the floor uh. that I couldn't stuff back in there right. because it's, it's very hard to put the bullets <laughs> all back in there, especially the last one. And so I just dropped it in my purse. Well, when I went through the x-ray machine right. and I had a bullet in my purse, I didn't have the gun, thank Gosh, I didn't have the gun on my yeah. purse, but I didn't have the. So they pull me aside. 
they've got all their white gloves on, you know, and whatever oh, else, and they're digging through my stuff. And so I got stopped. In the meantime, Thomas is departing off of the plane, right. and no one's there to pick him up because I'm detained. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, eventually I found him in the in the airport, mm -hmm. and uh, and he was very surprised to see me. And so from that day forward, we decided to date, and six months later we were married. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So now we're coming up on. Oh, I guess maybe six years now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Huh. huh. That is good. I, I took a I took a course a million years ago, and it it was a like a critical thinking course. And the guy said that the most important critical decision you'll ever make is who you wind up with. Mm -hmm. You know, and he said people will dwell for hours and hours about you know the house they're going to buy or the car they're going to choose or, or whatever, but they'll so often just quickly jump into relationships That's so true and what when you were deciding the second let, let me give this a shot the second time around what were some of the factors that that you considered when you were deciding that was a lot of prayer <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you that was a lot of prayer and that was a lot of uh soul searching and a lot of quiet time Okay. thinking and pondering and weighing out. Of course, I, I'm a person that has an analytical mindset anyway, but really considering and weighing out the factors because you're right. It's so easy to fall in love. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to stay in love. Yes. Well, we, talk, work. we talk about this on our show a lot. We, we ask people when they're approaching these big decisions, when they're approaching their forks in the road, are you making the decision with your head or your heart? Mm -hmm. And so exactly. far, we've found that it's 50-50, you know, mm -hmm. and, and there are some plenty of you know, really great, successful entrepreneurs that say, I make it with my heart, and it worked out just fine, and X, Y, and Z. And there are others that say, no, I took it, I put my heart aside, and I looked at it as an analytical problem, and I did it in this way, and it worked out fine. Mm -hmm. um, and so how do you think you, do you think that the way you made that decision differs from the way you make your business decisions? No. No, <laughs> no, and I, and I say that because I'm very intuitive and I can get a sense about a person or a situation or a partnership mm -hmm. and know in my spirit something's not right or something's right. I could, and, it, and let's just say the something is not right. I might not always know what that something is. I just know that your gut never leads you in the wrong direction. Hmm. It's your heart. You follow mm -hmm. your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I do a lot of thinking along the process. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're not exclusive. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think anyone is 100% one way or the other. Um, and I think most people kind of oscillate between the two, you know, pondering it analytically and then thinking about it, like, emotionally. Um, but when it comes time to pull the trigger, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, then, then perhaps you pull the trigger with your heart. <laughs> when you made the decision <clears throat> to be done with TV, and you got to where you were at, did you ever sit there and think to yourself, like, what are people going to think about me completely being done with broadcasting? Like, did you ever sit there and say, you know, were you worried about the uh, how social media would look at you, how your family or friends would look at you? Where did that come into play? And none of that, but I'll tell you what I do, how, how I do see that now, is I'm in a sales position now. Mm -hmm. I'm an account executive for a very up-and-coming growing Silicon Valley company in the real estate industry and I do not want to represent a company that would ruin my reputation hmm. I don't want to I, you know I stand for the highest uh, of the highest 
integrity, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I expect the same from the company and my face is out there. I'm the boots on the ground. You know, I'm the one that's talking to the people all the time. I'm the one that's selling them on the service that we that we offer with this particular company called Super. And I don't want to be standing up there disappointing people, especially having a long broadcasting history in our Metroplex for the city of Plano, because that's my face and that's my reputation and that's my integrity and that's what I care about. Yeah. So, I mean, you you believe in what you do, but only with the people that you work with as well. That's 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 great. Hmm. Um, You know, on 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 a similar subject, what? Where where do you see the next five, ten years going for you? Business wise, personal wise, where are you going right now? Because I know that's a story in itself that brings it back to you and your husband. Mm-hmm. Well, the current position that I'm with with Super, I'm really looking forward to what they're gonna be doing in the future. They're doing things that nobody else is doing in the industry for home warranty. And so I'm really looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to the day that they go public. Um, being a Silicon Valley company as well and all the modern things that they've done to this industry. But besides that, it wouldn't be fulfilling enough just to be a super representative, mm-hmm. just to be a super girl, as people <laughs> like to say. <laughs> I'm lucky that we have that name because yeah, I right? accidentally and purposely get called super girl all the time or super woman. Yeah. I love it. It's you like know, an affirmation. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, aside from that, I'm never going to be content without helping people. Right. And so in the next five to 10 years, this is my dream, to be honest. Um, having the luxury of being able to speak mm-hmm. on a regular basis with my husband. It doesn't matter if it's in a women's conference, if it's, a, if it's in a small group. The big dream is American Airlines Center. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't matter if it's just the two of us, just me, or if I'm standing there with a team of people. Mm-hmm. It's the reach that I care about. Yes. It's not the size of the venue. It's the, it's how many individuals are going to be packed in there that you could impact. Um, we Obviously, we want to publish these two books that we're working on. One of them is about our story exclusively, how we came back together, how we journaled to make that process work, <clears throat> and how that was very much a surprise right. to the both of us. And then we'd also like to be doing webinars, and we would like to produce uh, videos that we could you know, send out digitally and have a teaching series Yeah, about relationships specifically. What kind of person, like if you're kind of envisioning this, what kind of person is going to benefit most from these types of endeavors of yours? Like who, who are you trying to reach? Anybody that has hope okay. for a dream that's lost huh. or that they believe is lost. Because, okay, we're just the characters in the story sure. with our love relationship and what happened and how we came together 22 years later. But the tools that we used along the way to get us to this process are certainly tools that anybody can use toward entrepreneurship, toward building a business, toward, you know, becoming that athlete that they wanted to become or opening that business they wanted to do. So inventing a product, any of those things, it takes determination. It takes uh, a lot of intention. It takes a lot of focus. And one of the biggest things that Thomas and I always talk to people about is journaling. Mm -hmm. Journal through the process, write through the process. And it gets you to where you want to go. Yes. You, you mentioned the word, which we're obviously a big fan of, is entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Do you believe you're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur in transition? Wow. 
Uh, I heard somebody actually define that word the other day, and when they defined entrepreneur, it wasn't the way that I thought of entrepreneurship. Oh, okay. But I would say maybe even entrepreneur in training. I've certainly always been a free spirit and wanted to do something that was different, not just working for a company. Mm -hmm. Now I'm doing that now, but I only started working for companies three years ago. Prior okay. to that, I always had my own businesses. So this is this is a new concept for me. The corporate world is a new concept for right. me. And I like it, um, but but certainly having my own next thing, being my own boss, being in control of my destiny, being in control of the people that we want to help and talk to, right. the video series and the books and all those things that ultimately is up to me mm -hmm. and up to us. So you've always had that entrepreneurial spirit, and True. right now you're just an entrepreneur in training. True. For the uh, as you and, and and your family go on that continue on the journey, mm -hmm. that's 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 awesome. It it is. I guess I'm kind of caught up on this now. How did that other person describe entrepreneurship? You said that that he or she described it in a way that you you hadn't conceptualized it before. Do you I remember? I couldn't remember the exact definition, but it was something that had to do you know with entrepreneurs being. Something about starting a—I don't even know—starting a business, maybe I don't okay. know. But whatever their definition, I think they even looked up the true definition oh, of okay, entrepreneur. Yeah. So maybe we could do that to get what they said. But I just thought, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. To me, it's about starting something new mm -hmm. that you do, um, that you start on your own, and you go for it, and you make a company out of it, or right. you make a product out of it, or a service out of it. Well, I had always heard, and I, I was talking to Brandon about this like a week or two ago. That I had heard recently on a, on another podcast that entrepreneurs, in a good way, are a lot more willing to take on risk. True. That that's like a characteristic true. of them. True. Uh, They're trendsetters. Yeah. Also. Yeah. And it was weird. I, I'd been thinking a lot lately about entrepreneurship and leadership, and and there's a Venn diagram where the two concepts overlap. Mm -hmm. I don't think they necessarily overlap. I mean, there are plenty of incredibly successful entrepreneurs that aren't necessarily leaders. And there are some great leaders that aren't necessarily entrepreneurs, but there is that subsection that kind of is a little of both. Uh, and I think risk has something to do with it. Maybe your definition of leadership and the definition of risk together can kind of uh, exist in that area. Yeah, I definitely don't mind taking risks uh, in life, except I, the, the, the risk that I wouldn't want to take is jumping out of an airplane or Yo. riding on a <laughs> Or riding on a roller coaster. That's oh, roller not, coasters? That's not for me. Really? <laughs> but no. But well, like an airplane. I mean, I get that. But yeah. like not even a roller coaster? No, no, thank you. I mean, like the Mini Mine train is my max there at Six Flags oh, in Arlington, okay. Texas. You know, that's about it for me. So I take di is different types ride? of... It is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You really had to point just, that out there. That's, that's nice. Well, I've yeah. never been. I just, I, well, I, it well, sounded maybe the like... The Mini Mine. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of a clue. Yeah, that's it for me. I don't, I don't like being that kind of adventurous. I like taking risks in a different way. It's funny because I think other people might look at you and see a life of really, really great um, risks, you know, in a real positive way. I mean, if you asked a hundred people, hey, would you like to get on in front of a camera and deliver the news every evening? I'd say like, 99 out of 100 would say no, oh, absolutely. I would absolutely not. And, and saying, I don't want to stand up and publicly speak exactly. to anybody either. I mean, you've exactly. made a, or reach out to someone that you haven't um, connected with for 20, that's a big risk. It really is. It's a big risk. And I think that the types of risks you've taken have led to some really incredible things. And I think that they're the types of risks a lot of people are really adverse to. Mm -hmm. um, I think that just your your biography is a series of these 
uh, things that scare the heck out of most people. John Maxwell has this book called, I think it's 15 Invaluable Laws to Growth. And one of them, if I have that title right, <laughs> one of them is um, the law of the rubber band. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard of that before? Mm-hmm. I have not. So, I think I know what it might be, but yeah. let's hear it. Yeah, so a rubber band has a purpose. You know, it holds things together, mm-hmm. right? So, but it has no purpose unless you stretch it. Oh, that's funny. To hold it around the pencils or to right. hold it around the whatever your purpose is for the rubber band at that time. So without the ability to stretch ourselves, we're never going to grow and we're going to conti- and we're going to continue to be useless just like the rubber band is useless when it lays on a on a table sure. and you don't you don't use it for anything it's purposeless but when you stretch it to hold other objects or to, right. to change you know its shape then all of a sudden it becomes purposeful and it's so easy to stay in our little circle and stay in our comfort zone but when you're pushing yourself and you're out of your comfort zone that's when the growth happens and it's scary. Yeah. It's not easy to go do a brand new thing or stand up in front of 100 people when you've never done that before or be on the camera when you're not used to being on the camera or, you know, doing some of those other things. Fear of rejection. Right. But until you step out of that circle and you do those things multiple times, you're just going to continue to be the same person you've always been without the growth. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I always say, a saying that I feel that I coined but probably have it, comfort kills. Yes. And the moment that you get out of that circle of comfort, that's when you can actually stretch and realize what your potential really is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, comfort kills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there is kind of like a complacency that sets into a lot of people's lives. Uh, and yeah, you just you get comfortable with things and you never seek to grow. But that, that consistent approach to risk taking in a way that moves you forward seems like something you've really put to good use. Uh, in your own story. It's a a heck of a story. It It really is. is. And it's just beginning. It's like, you know, every moment you guys realize that it's just beginning and and what what happened yesterday doesn't define what happens tomorrow for you. So let's kind of rewind a little bit because I have a feeling that uh, your your story that you're going to tell us, give us a fun story that someone might not out there know about you that uh, could be a little embarrassing, but just a little bit differently that's happened to you in your time. A fun story that's happened to me. Well, the first one that comes to mind, I can tell you, um, recent. Um, so I, I have been or was, I guess, going through a, a period where I was doing a whole lot of praying for, give me eyes to see. Like, I want to understand. I want wisdom to this particular situation okay. or this particular relationship or this particular job or whatever. I want to see which you see. So give me eyes to see. That was just kind of this, I don't know, repetitive thing that I would say in my mind. So one morning, and I was like, oh, and it'd be cool if I could have my eyes healed too, because because of the age I am now, I'm wearing contacts now, which I was never doing before. So I'd be like, okay, so that'd be a really good thing to do, not have to wear contacts (laughs) anymore. So uh, I wake up, I wake up one morning and I'm going about my normal day and I'm thinking, you know, things look a really blue, a little bit funny this morning, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And so um, I uh, picked up my phone Okay. and that's something that I generally can't read without squinting my yeah. eyes. Huh. And so I picked up my phone very like early, 637, right. you know, when your eyes aren't really open yet Yeah. and I could read it all. Weird. And I was like, oh my gosh. I can read my phone and I don't have my contacts in. And so I just flew from one side of the bathroom to the other and I picked up this really tiny, tiny little eyedrop bottle. Okay. And I and I was looking at the tiniest words on the bottle and I was like, 
oh my gosh, I can read those words <laughs> on the on the bottle. And I called my husband and I said, honey, I have to tell you something. And he's, of course, uh, he's in construction and he's remodeling. He's got half of his arms in paint and a paint <laughs> suit and whatever else. And he's like, what is it, honey? And I said, I have to tell you the most exciting thing ever. And he goes, what? And I said, God healed my eyes. My eyes are healed. Like, I don't need right, contacts right. anymore. And, and they're healed. And he says, oh, my gosh, see, you've been praying for wisdom. You've been praying for, you know, to see right. things differently than you've ever seen. And he said and that was just a byproduct of something that you were you, you were asking for. And I was like, this is so great. I mean, I was teary eyed sure. and everything. Just joy. Well, it didn't take me long now, like an hour <laughs> later, I'm leaving the house and I'm driving down the street. And I'm like, you know. Every time I wear my contacts, my distance is compromised. And oh, so when okay. I'm in the car, the distance was compromised. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think <laughs> my contacts are still in my eyes from yesterday. <laughs> so sure enough, I reach into my eyes and I pull my contacts out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, uh. this whole morning I thought I was healed. This whole morning I thought I got what I asked for, which was this infinite wisdom. Oh, and funny. the contacts were there all along helping me to see clearly. When yeah. Clearly I wasn't doing that by myself. Right, so right. It's just one of those phony, funny moments where you just go, oh my gosh, you feel so stupid. Yeah, I You don't feel know, like think, an idiot. Yeah, but I think to me it kind of illustrates your capacity for belief. You know, yeah, like you really true. did have like I this. I really you, did believe it. Yeah, well, I mean, that. look, some people go through lives always expecting the worst and, and when the evidence is right in front of them, they'll disregard it. And that's kind of like a rough way to go through life. But if you have this like potential to believe in miracles or beautiful things or whatever, um, you know, maybe it didn't pan out in that one yeah, instance, but, but like that capacity, that, that openness to what the world has to offer, I think is really cool. I think yeah. that's a, another hallmark of a successful yeah. person. It's, yeah. It's definitely the optimistic attitude. Yes. You know, somebody have told me, somebody told me before a long time ago in my past, you know, Julie, I'm a realist. Yeah. And I was like, well, me too. I'm just a lot more optimistic right. than you are. <laughs> You're a glass half full. Yeah, glass half full. So who are you currently learning from, whether it's through podcasts, radio, TV? Like, who are you currently learning from? I learn from everybody and anybody. I, You know, when, when somebody tells me about a good book, I look into it and I read it. I've heard a lot about The Miracle Morning and... Uh, the atomic, I'm going to say this wrong because I, I was looking it up and I can only remember what I looked okay. up. It wasn't the atomic bomb, but it was the atomic something else. But it was talking about changing habits. Uh, that's been that's been speaking to me a lot because, you know, I have to say in my younger years, I was so disciplined mm. that, you know, I never had to do New Year's resolutions because I was already doing it. Yep. Now that I've gotten older and a little bit more I've slowed down a little bit a little bit lazier mm. I'm like you know really I should be working out this morning really I should be doing this and that this morning yeah. really I should be having my miracle morning and I'm and I'm I'm slacking a little but I work so much harder today of course than you do in your 20s it just looks different in 30s yeah, but that and of point. course you know anybody that has anything to do with leadership mm -hmm. so that's you know a lot of John Maxwell right now and Christian Simpson Christian Simpson is a um, wonderful public speaker cool. teaches public speaking and teaches you how to do it really well. So I would say anything that happens to be speaking to me uh, at, at the moment of things that I'm going through and I um, even mindset, I've been reading and studying a little bit and listening to some Ted talks 
on okay, mindset. Yeah. And there's a lady, Caroline Leaf. She's got great material on YouTube mm-hmm. about mindset and about how when we think about negative things, our, she's been able to capture images of the brain that when we think I have a bad thought, a bad memory, or think something negative, that they're able to capture a dark spot. That color codes it differently. Yes. yes. Yeah. You see that in the TV shows, but you don't know, you know, you obviously right, think yeah. that had to come from somewhere, so it really is happening. It's, it affects you physically. Absolutely, And yeah. if it affects your brain, what else is it doing to your body? Does it make you sick? You know, and I think the answer to that is yes. But, but I think the things, you know, who do I learn from? Just the things that, that matter to me the most at the moment. Mm-hmm. I love Think and Grow Rich also. Mm, okay. Because, again, it's all about mindset. It's about thinking. It's about Who's the author of that? Oh, my gosh. I knew you were going to ask me <laughs> that. Um, mm-hmm. It'll come to me. All right. Well, we'll have to that's the book yes. that you would recommend right now. I would love – I mean, that book is the best. It's, it's such a great book because but, – but, again, that speaks to me about mindset. You know, so maybe somebody else out there who's listening to us today, mindset is not as, is as important as a relationship expert or, or having – you know, winning friends and, and whatever that one is. I can't remember. Benefits, friends. Yeah. Well, no, not that. Oh, you're thinking <laughs> not of, friends. Uh, winning friends uh, and influencing people. Yeah, you're I of, yeah, yeah. Influencing yeah. People. Maybe that's the book, you know, that speaks to them. So something that you're really passionate and you're interested about, go to the experts. Sure. Learn from them. Listen to them in the car when you're driving from point A to point B. Audible books are wonderful if you don't have time to sit down and read. Mm-hmm. But yeah. learn from the experts. Cool. Absolutely. Well, Joseph, but, anything else as we kind of get to, uh, as we, we start to wrap this up, any other questions you've got for Julie? No, no. Look, we've, we've known each other a little while, and, and I've always been a big fan of your story. And I think that the most exciting parts of your story are, are still to come. You know, I mean, I, I, I get that gut feeling that, that some cool things are going to happen, and I'm really excited to see where you go with them. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Every day is a journey, and every day you get just a little bit closer to your dream, and, and the dream changes because one day you're going to arrive. You're going to publish the books. You're going to publish the videos. You're going to do the webinars, whatever your dream is. And then it's the next chapter. Yeah. It's the next phase and you get to dream all over again. Yeah, that is true. That is true. That's, that's a great part about life. Yeah, really is. <laughs> well, listen, Julie, I appreciate you taking the time with us today. I'm Brandon Strauss, the Real Naked Agent, along with Dr. Joseph K. And Julie Altimus. Take look her up on Facebook's the best place to connect. She would love to hear from you, and she has an unbelievable message that her and her family uh, will will be continuing to create through the years. So, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen to Julie Altimus. We'll we'll see you next time. It's a pleasure to be here. You've been listening to Breaking Business Barriers. For more information, or if you have a compelling story to tell, find us on Facebook at Open Media Source.